Good morning, Jubilee. Well, unfortunately, I've tested positive for COVID, uh, so I can't be with you there this morning. So it's Saturday afternoon here, and I'm recording this for this morning. Uh, If you're visiting us today, like I'm sure has already been said, you are so, so welcome to be with us. And uh, my name's Simon. I'm one of the the leaders here, and I'm going to be continuing our series in the book of Matthew. So we've been working through this account of Jesus's life and death and resurrection. And uh, we, we find ourselves in chapter 13, at verse 53. And so I'm going to read our passage for this morning. And then we're going to get into it. So Matthew 13 from verse 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? They asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James and Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offence at him. But Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honour. And he did not do many miracles because of their lack of faith. I I really do think that uh, verse uh, 57 and 58 kind of really summarise what we'll be talking about this morning. He he says that he didn't do many miracles because of their their lack of faith uh, in his hometown. And he he says this thing, only in his hometown and in his own house is a prophet without honour. Perhaps it was a saying that uh, they had at the time. Perhaps this is something Jesus has has simply said. Um, It might be similar to sayings that we have nowadays. You know, we have a saying, uh, if you're from um, the West, that says uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Basically, that whole idea that the more you know someone, the closer you get to them, um, the the more likely the less respect you're going to have for them. Uh, perhaps because as you get up close, you discover uh, their bad habits or their bad behaviours. Uh, maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's like um, uh, another saying we have, which is, don't meet your heroes. You'll always be disappointed. You know, because when you meet your heroes, perhaps you've met one of your heroes, perhaps you realise that actually they're a bit of a dull person in real life or or actually they're not very nice. Um, I haven't met many of my heroes, I don't have too many heroes, but I, I did, I did almost meet uh, one of my heroes, Linvoy Primus, the uh, ex-Portsmouth FC footballer. Um, however, uh, it was an event in the toilets and it just wasn't really appropriate to kind of turn to him and say, excuse me, are, are you Linvoy Primus? Um, I'm sure he's a great guy and I'll still carry on believing that. Um, but, but surely it should be different with Jesus. You know, really meeting him should lead to faith, shouldn't it? Familiarity should lead to worship. So, so perhaps it's not the same as, as our sayings that we have. Well, what does this whole encounter mean? Well, I think there's three things that we can take from this. And uh, they relate to um, the past, the present uh, and the future of this passage. So we're going to start with the past. So last week we looked at um, and Gavin talked us through some of those parables that Jesus has been teaching. He's been teaching through stories. 
to other people. And then he's decided he's now going to go back to his hometown and take some time there. Um, but I, I think what happens just before he teaches on those parables, at the end of chapter 12, we get Jesus' mother and his brothers um, coming to see him. Do you remember? We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, they come and he's busy. He's teaching and uh, he, he, he doesn't have time for them, it seems. Um, and so perhaps in this passage that we've read today, perhaps he's maybe even making up for that time perhaps he's going back to honor his family to show honor to his family he's taking a trip home to the place that he grew up he's gone back to his hometown which um, is Nazareth um, it's a small place you know they thought it's probably in its hundreds in terms of population and everybody in that case everybody would have known everyone else they knew his family as we've seen uh, and many of them still lived there and you see, that's what they can't understand after they've heard him teaching. You know, this is amazing, but, but isn't this Jesus? You know, he, he, he can't be anything special. He's one of us. You know, and it, it suggests, doesn't it, that before he left to begin his ministry, Jesus led a seemingly normal life. Uh, and we know the event that kicks off his ministry, don't we, um, is his baptism. It's his encounter with the Spirit of God, uh, his baptism. And, he, and they hear this voice, don't they, that says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. I love him. Um, you know, Jesus is not, this doesn't mean that Jesus is, is like one of our superhero stories where, you know, he wasn't God and at his baptism moment he becomes God. No, no, Jesus was always God. It's not like, you know, Spider-Man before he was bitten by the spider and has these spidey powers. I'm getting into territory I don't know about because I'm not a big superhero fan. Um, no, no, Jesus was always God. But yet his ministry, his, his messages, his healings, his, his miracles were marked by this moment of empowering at his baptism. However, the, the people are thinking... It, that can't be so. Um, the, the people of Nazareth are thinking, no, no, actually, it's all about where you're from. It's all about what education you had. It's about the places you grew up. And, you know, others think this too. When uh, Jesus meets a guy called Nathaniel and calls him to follow him, you know, Nathaniel hears about Jesus and he says, Jesus, but he's from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Um, you know, and often we can think the same, particularly when it comes to ourselves. We can think, God, you know, God, my background isn't good. You know, I, I, I don't have the best family life. I haven't had the best family life. I haven't had the best education. I'm, I'm, I'm not from the right part of town or, you know, I, I've had to flee from my country. Um, and we, we can decide that because of our background, because of our past, then God can't use us but that's not how God works just think to last month when we had Natalie Williams come and visit us uh, and she spoke here on a Sunday morning and you know she told us of her story she told us how she grew up in relative poverty that she grew up in a block of council flats and her future prospects were not good and you would think that someone like that who did not have a great background, did not have great prospects, now is, is leading a, a national charity helping churches to serve pe their people in their communities that are um, 
experiencing poverty and experiencing deprivation. No, God had a plan for Natalie. And God has a plan for you and for me. You know, it may not be leading a national charity like Natalie, but God wants to use you, whatever your background is. That's absolutely true. It may even be because of your background, God uses you in particular places and particular situations and with particular people. See, Jesus was God, as we've said. But there was this moment of encounter at his baptism with the Spirit of God. And it was significant for him. And you know what? God, the Holy Spirit, wants to empower you and I. He does. He wants to empower you and I for the things we do. He doesn't want to empower us based on our background, based on our um, education, our status, where we've come from, what part of, what nation we've come from. He wants to empower us because he's called us and because he's for us and he has a plan for us. Listen, Jubilee, let's whatever we do, do in the power of God's spirit as he leads us and gives us the strength for it. Okay, so the present See, in this moment, you've got his family, his friends, you know, the town. They don't recognise who he is. They just think, oh, he's one of us. He can't be special. Um, But Jesus, Jesus at this moment is looking for faith. But he doesn't find it here. So you might say, what does does that look like? Well, Well, faith is this. Faith is ultimately trusting in who Jesus says he is. You think about the the centurion who meets Jesus um, in chapter 8 of Matthew. Uh, We'll have done that a few months ago. And uh, his servant is sick and he wants Jesus to heal his servant. He says to Jesus, look, you don't even need to come to my house, Jesus. You can just say the word and my servant will be well. You know, he believed who Jesus was. What does Jesus say? He says, I haven't found faith in all of Israel as amazing as this centurion guy. And in this moment in Nazareth, Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking for his family. He's looking for his friends to trust in him, to believe in him. So they didn't get his true identity. They didn't get it. They didn't realise that this is the most important question that they could consider. Who is Jesus? And this this is the question that is in front of them right now. And do you know what? It's the same for us today. It's the same question that's in front of us. And it's it's equally as important. And this is why it's equally important. Here's one reason why it's equally as important. Because, you know what, our culture says this. Our culture says, work out your own identity. It says, you work out who you are. You define who you are. You define yourself. It starts with you. You say, that sounds great. sounds great. But the truth is this, that... That working it out yourself puts people under incredible, impossible pressure. Uh, It sounds like it should bring freedom, but in reality it brings confusion and it brings despair. The gospel says this, the gospel says recognise who Jesus is. Understand who he is, his identity. And you know what, then you'll discover who you truly are, your identity in him, who you are in him, to your life. My life only makes sense in the light of his. That's faith. That's faith. It's faith that says, Jesus, I'm going to choose to build my life on yours. Build my life on who you are. 
and not on me. And I'll find my identity in you. Okay, thirdly, the future. The future. And do you know what? This I've always seen this, this passage that we've read as a bit of a random event. Why is it there? What's it all about? And, but what I've noticed and what I've come to realise is that this is a turning point in Matthew's gospel. You know, that's what the video that Raj showed us a few weeks ago said. Actually, this point in Matthew's gospel is a turning point. And, and it's a turning point to pointing us actually to what Jesus would ultimately do. Listen, this is what the uh, uh, Bible teacher evangelist Michael Green uh, said. He said this, Thus the rejection of Jesus in Galilee prepares us for a greater rejection in Jerusalem as Israel turns her back on her rightful king. See, there's a sense that the rejection that Jesus experiences, the offence that he causes to his hometown of Nazareth is is a smaller picture of what ultimately he would experience in Jerusalem by you know the religious leaders by by ultimately the city who welcome him at first as he enters and then a cry and crucify him and ultimately his death on the cross see it's on the cross on the edge of Jerusalem that moment where Jesus is going to experience the rejection of all men and all women even our rejection of him the things we've done wrong our attitudes, our selfishness, our sin. See, the Bible says we've all, in our own way, turned away from God. We've all rejected him. Yet yet at the same time, on the cross, Jesus is dealing with the consequences of that rejection. Listen, there's hope for you and I because of the cross. There's forgiveness because of the cross. See, if Matthew's Gospel finished with our passage this morning his his rejection um, at Nazareth there'd be no hope but thank God it doesn't thank God it ends it finishes with his death and his glorious resurrection this is why this passage points us to hope it it points us to a saviour points us to a saviour who says look whilst you have rejected me I've not rejected you I've not stopped loving you so much so that I will give my life to rescue you. Give my life to restore you. That's the Christian message. It's Jesus saying, look, I want to restore you to your heavenly father. Will you have hope in me? Will you put your hope in me? I want to restore you. But I think that there is another um, signpost to a future hope in this passage too. Another signpost that we can take heart in in our Christian life. See, Jesus' hometown, they reject him, as we've read. Um, they take offence to him. and it, they, they mention his family. They mention even his brothers, don't they? They say, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't, this, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? You know, you know what seems really interesting is his brothers are mentioned by uh, in John's Gospel as well. In John chapter 7, verse 3, Uh, This is what John records. When the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you're doing these things, show yourself to the world. 
And then he adds this, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. You see, it's likely that some of his family members were those who in Nazareth had rejected him, had taken offence to him. But actually what we understand is that his brothers, some of his brothers who were far from faith at some point came to trust in him and at some point believed in him when before they didn't. What's really interesting is James is mentioned in our passage today. And what happens to James? James becomes one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. Judas, Judas is mentioned, one of his brothers, Judas. It isn't Judas that betrays Jesus. Actually, it's a very common name. And um, it's commonly believed that this Judas is the one that wrote the New Testament letter Jude, because Jude um, is a shortened version of Judas. Listen, perhaps you are praying for someone who seems far from faith. Perhaps that's a friend or family member. Perhaps it's a husband or wife. Uh, brother, sister, you know, parent, a child, someone who seems that they've rejected Jesus. Listen, don't give up. This is a reminder not to give up. Keep praying, keep believing, keep sharing. God can transform even the most hard-hearted person. You know, God transformed you. God transformed me into a follower of him. No one is too far. No one is too far from his love. No one is too far from his heart. I think that's a great way to finish. And as we finish, I'm going to pray. Listen, if you need to hear that uh, perhaps God wants to use you, despite your background, despite perhaps what's happened to you in the past, that God wants to use you, he wants to fill you with his spirit, I want to pray for you. And, you know, if, if this morning you need to recognise who Jesus is, find your identity in him, um, I want to pray that too. Uh, and finally, if you're praying for someone who seems far from Jesus, seems to have rejected Jesus, I want to pray God keeps, gives you um, uh, confidence to, to keep persevering with them, keep praying for them. Uh, so, Father God, thank you for your presence with us today. Thank you for your great love. And uh, I want to ask for um, for all of us here, you know, despite what background we've come from despite our experiences despite our education our status our nation lord your anointing is not based on those things it's based on your calling it's based on your grace and i pray would you come and fill us with your spirit today that we'd be empowered to do the things that you call us to i pray for anyone here who needs to find their identity in you who needs to recognize who you are this morning perhaps even for the first time Lord Jesus, would you come to them? And I want to pray for all of us as we um, consider our friends and family and people we know who seem perhaps far off from you, seem to have rejected you. God, give us confidence to keep praying, persevering, sharing, um, declaring the love of God to them in all sorts of different ways and knowing that no one is too far from your heart. No one is too far from salvation. And Lord, would you do amazing things in our days. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.